Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Castles. And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. I'm really, really jet lagged. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm tired. Like, I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. I don't feel like my body is connected to my body. I feel like I'm floating outside of it. I'm just a mess. So I'm warning you. Well, you haven't got to warn me because at, at what you've just described is basically how I feel every day. <laughs> so how, your your inner or outer feelings now is basically me, mate. That's just you. That's <laughs> your life. Yeah, You're just it. always outside of yourself. I'm always like, don't know what's going on. Have you ever experienced jet lag? Because you've never been outside of Europe, right? Dubai, uh, sorry, Dubai, of course. Been to Dubai, yeah. yeah. Anything not, more extreme than that? Not real jet lag, no. No, okay, so this is going to be quite interesting when we go to LA in literally a couple of weeks. It can be quite dramatic, mate. No, I'll be all right. I'm machine on. Well, yeah, I actually, I don't tend to get affected by it very much. The reason I'm so jet lagged is last week I was... Uh, participating in taking part in or, or completing a top secret project which i can't i can't explain anything more about it's all going to become clear very soon even i don't know about it you know, you know nothing no, um but I, I will be sharing all the details about it here on the podcast exclusively right so plenty of that to come but not for a while but it was literally well it was very far away Did you have a nice time <laughs> i had a great time it was very successful everything was fantastic but the journey back now good well, ruined. I had I had flight cancellations and delays and blah, blah, blah. And that, because usually for, with me with jet lag, I'm fine. Like as I get on the plane, I set my clock to the time of the destination. And I'm like, cool, like off we go. Like breezy. Like I'm never that badly affected. But oh my God, because of this disaster journey back, I am I'm out of it. I don't know if I can be able to string a sentence together today. So you might have to carry this episode. Please tell me you're oh, able there's to. Oh, there's a thing. I mean, I always have to carry it. <laughs> but your, 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 your misfortune this couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. Oh, thank you so much. How kind of you. I feel like you're being sarcastic slightly. But. Anyway, whilst I've been away, what have you been up to, mate? What's been going on? Any any news? Any info? Uh, oh, can I say that? Yes, yeah, so, we've both been up to things that are so secretive we can't talk about them. No, I can. Uh, I've got a GT3 touring. <gasps> yeah. 991 or 992? 992. Oh. I don't really know what to do with it. Yet, oh. Uh, 
but yeah. you uh, a stock or you bought you didn't buy nah, it a bit of both mate i don't okay. really know what to do i i originally planned to use it which i probably will for a bit but i don't really know because i was driving it back the other day and it didn't really like didn't really tickle my fancy really you have driven remind me you have driven a 992 gt3 wing car haven't flat you? out flat out yeah and you enjoyed that yeah yeah so weird that you found the touring not so maybe it was uk roads or was it bad weather I don't like no mate i just drove it around the, around the m25 a bit and drove it back to work but it seems a shame because it's a proper car but i don't really like you know like i'm not i've not gone off porsche and i've not gone off 911s but like that 992 variant you get in them i mean literally mate i've got you get in the car you could be in a Carrera S, you could be in a in a, a a GTS, you could be in a Turbo S, and and uh, you know it just didn't feel. I'm sure it is properly special, you know. I know you love them, um, but I don't know. Maybe I need to drive it a bit. Maybe I'm being a bit hasty. Yeah, and yeah. I think at the same time, you know, uh, what you would say to me is awful place to drive a gt3 i mean along the the motorway and then to to your work i mean like it's just it's gonna be noisy and a bit uncomfortable and a bit sort of it wasn't noisy you know you know probably i'm gonna i'm gonna try and talk positively the positive bit the positive bit about it is is what what whatever people buy 911s for it's very understated it's not got a stupid great big wing on so it. the touring especially that's what you're talking that's about that's what i'm the talking touring about. is yeah it's Absolutely. very understated. It's very, you know, unless you know. It's like a lot of 911s. Unless you know, you know. You know what it is. But literally, and I'm not just being exaggerating here, you can drive it every single day. No problem at all. So that's a plus part of it. Maybe I need to use it. Maybe I need to... Yeah, I, I would assume, yeah, that, that wasn't a great drive. And then maybe for you, it's too understated. Maybe you just were like, oh, it's just a, it's a 9 and 2 Carrera S. Mm, and I was going to bring it today, but I bought the Roma instead. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, and I do like that Roma, but I don't know, mate. I, I, mate, I need to drive it. I think yeah, I need to go. Spend I, some more time I, with I it. I think I need to drive it, yeah, and I'll make a decision on what I do with it. But... um. I mean, it's pretty, pretty looking car. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the tour, I think the touring is fantastic. I, yeah. I think the nine nine two variant isn't as pretty as the previous gen, the nine nine one point two touring, which was kind of a, I think, a beautiful nine eleven. The nine is quite a great. That rear diffuser is very aggressive on the touring and looks a little bit out of place. Yeah, a little bit out of place. And then I don't like the aero wing, the what's called the uh, adapter. The like, rear wing, like the duck, the, <laughs> the duck, the moving yeah. rear wing. I don't love that on the touring. I like the front bonnet. That's very sure cool. with the nostrils. With the nostrils, yeah. I like that. And obviously the side, they all look the same. Do you like the fact that it's painted down the bottom of the bumper? Have you noticed that on the touring they paint some of the little black bits oh, right, at the front? Ah, oh, yeah, that's the difference for GT3 versus GT3 touring. At the front end, at the lower part of the bumper, on the normal wing cars, it's sort of black plastic. But then for the touring, they paint it, so it's body colour. It's a lovely car. It's GT Silver. It's got all the extra. It's, uh, it's got carbon roof, carbon Ooh. mirrors. Okay, it's, a, it's a proper, yeah. proper bit of kit. It's a lovely car. I'm assuming black interior. Black interior, yeah. 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 It's a half and half, isn't it? Half leather, half... Oh, okay, half. yes. Okay, yeah. I yeah. know what you mean, yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, it's, it... I mean, everything works... Uh, when you, you know, when you compare it to like the Roma or something, 
it's loads less fiddly, you know, with a yeah. Porsche. A, a button's where a button should be. That's the only... It all makes sense. Yeah, that's the only criticism I have with the Roma. But I had a choice today which one to bring and I I bring, I bring the Ferrari. That is telling. That is... T- and yeah. and s- slightly surprises me. <laughs> yeah, it does me because yeah. I'm a huge Porsche fan, obviously, but I'm also a huge Ferrari fan as well. But I think over the last 12 to 18 months, you have steered away from new Porsches slightly. I think... Yeah. Yeah? I'm not putting words in your mouth. That's kind of fair to say. A couple of reasons for that, but which I'll share on another uh, another podcast for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like ebb and flow. Sure. They, they are, uh, Porsche and Ferrari are still my favourite two manufacturers and, and the, the go-to cars that I buy. But yeah, the last sort of 18 months, two years, since I sold my RS, I haven't really like... When I had that 992... Four S, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you had that uh, for half a minute. I had that for. Well, that's a lie. What? I had that for about five months. Did you? Yes. No, you did not. I did. I bought it in April and sold it in September. Did you? Yes. Oh, time flies. Oh, I know. So, actually, we're going to come on to our big topic for today in a second. And for doing that, I had to do some research into what I filmed this year. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know what's happened to twenty twenty two. Has anyone else found this? Let us know in the comment section. I feel like this year, compared to most others, has just gone like like that. It's just yeah. disappeared. But but I'll tell you this now because I'm a little bit older than you. As you get older, mate, time you cannot believe how quickly time goes. It's a percentage of life thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. the, so. Is the, you know, the longer you've lived, a year is less of your life. So it, yeah. You know, anyway, I mean, but yeah, terrifying. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just getting old. Um, but you mentioned something. You mentioned trying to be positive about the touring, and actually. Today's episode, despite my jet lag, is about positivity. Because, you know, I I have been aware, definitely recently, we've started to sound like grumpy old men, mate. We've started, you know, we come on this podcast, we boom, we slag off every car. Yeah. We good. hate everything. Yeah. We say the world's a load of crap. Yes, Nothing is. impresses us. Yeah, very good. <laughs> that, that is just because of, uh, firstly, the fact that we mob each other up, but, se- <laughs> but secondly, we're too exposed to some of this stuff. Yeah. And so I thought today our main topic would actually be the best cars we've driven this year. Well, the that's po- boring. The, no, because <laughs> no, we're not going to agree on them. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll just have some positive experiences. So that's what we're going to come on to in a second. But before we get into that, two things I wanted to touch on. Uh, something I did prior to us. Well, anyway, we haven't talked about it yet, so let's talk about it now. My visit to the Mercedes F1 factory. Oh. So oh. I went with the EQS 53 AMG Formatic Plus. What a name. Um, for a really cool event, it was put on by this company called Overclockers UK, who do like uh, race sim seats, like computer seat gaming seats. Anyway, they sent me this invite, you know, would you like to come to the Merc Factory? I was like, yes. I didn't even read the email. I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And it was uh, as, as they team up with the, let me get this right, Mercedes F1 eSports team. So it's the, it's the sim racing team of Mercedes F1. But, for the day, we got a full factory tour and then got to go down to this kind of sim racing hub and, and race against each other on the Mercedes sims. in Germany? No, no, no. It's based here, dude. So uh-huh. do you know about Motorsport Valley? No. So uh, I'm going to go for it. Six out of the ten. I've, I've launched in that. Formula One teams are based in the UK and within a kind of 50 to 100 mile. No, yeah, 50 to 100 mile distance from Silverstone. Mil- Milton Keynes. So, on six. so yeah, Milton Keynes Red Bull, um, Woking McLaren, Mercedes are in Brackley. Um, Force India, Aston Martin are moving to Silverstone, but have been in somewhere forever. Uh, Haas. Uh, 
Al, no, AlphaTauri in Italy. Who's the other one? Why am I forgetting? There's one more British team. Come on, help me out here. I don't know why I'm looking at you. Williams. Williams. Williams in Oxford. Yeah. So maybe there's some others. But anyway, so it's a huge thing. Like, like most of the UK, most of the Formula 1 teams are based in the UK. So you're just in Brackley. Um, so that's the F1 HQ. F1 HQ. Right, it's not Mercedes HQ. No. Right, okay, F1 fine. HQ, right, separate okay, team. But it's where they're building, oh no, sorry, up the road at Bricksworth, I think, where they do the power plants is where they're building the Project 1. So they're doing the Project One of the road. Um, but dude, it was super cool. Like quite understated actually when you go past it. It's like next to a Tesco's Extra. So like it's quite understated and then you rock up and there's like a huge sign like, and it just looks like some boring grey buildings. So when Lewis uh, gets his bill deals in that Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Picks up a sandwich and some Magic crisps on his way to there. a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, it is so surprisingly boring in the sense that it's amazing but like there's a thousand people there in really like boring white offices all working to build two Formula One cars. And I, I, as the biggest F1 nerd, was still like, oh my God. Like, it, you cannot understand how many people and how much is going on to build these cars in terms of testing and development. To, they had these, these machines that were built to create the machines that were building the machines. You know what I mean? Like, the levels of, of advancements are just unbelievable. 3D printing to do wind tunnel models and mate you would have been blown away i think yeah, you would I have loved that. it yeah yeah uh got some amazing insights into hamilton and bottas in terms of their feedback and stuff like that not much on russell yet because obviously he's still fairly new but i really like you know quizzed all the guys there on on driver insight um but no it was amazing actually a really really cool experience um and i think the first i've done ferrari i've done mclaren this was Mercedes, but the first, like, only, because all the other two are tied up with the automotive. This is purely an F1 factory. How many people work at McLaren factory, too? <laughs> well, <laughs> I could see you. When did you think of that? Oh, you thought about that about 10 minutes ago, didn't you? <laughs> Should we touch on that thing that I put in the group the other day about, about McLaren automotive? Well, you can, if you like. I mean, so I'm going to sue us. A f- <laughs> They've tried. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine who's big McLaren customer ah. said that they went there in May or something like that. And McLaren said at the time they were making two cars a day. <clears throat> How many do you think Ferrari make a day? 30? Less. Oh, 10,000 a year. So, work that out. I can't. Never a month off. I can't. What's your maths like? Uh, 10,000 a year divided by 11 is about uh, 900 a month, roughly. 27 a day. 27 a day Ferrari do. There you go. Compared to two for McLaren. Oh, I was just like, well, I'm not surprised, but I mean, what are they actually making there? What are those two So cars? there are three people working there. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, what a disaster. Absolute disaster. Um, uh, anyway, so that was super cool. And the other thing I wanted to touch on was the launch of the new Ferrari Le Mans car. Did you see that? The 499P? Yes. Super pretty. Saw it. That's the LMH category. So that's the one that means Ferrari built it all themselves. It's a hypercar thing. Yeah, hypercar thing, but yeah. not... There's LMDH, which is when you share no components. You know, mate, nor do I really. But it's very pretty, I thought. And kind of cool. Like, you know, I, I'm all for it. Like... Did you see the NASCAR bloke drive up the wall? Yeah. Yes. Was that quite good? <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of you, wasn't it? That's exactly what <laughs> I would have done, yeah. I'd just launch up the outside up against the wall. I'm sure you all would have seen this. But yeah, in some race in, in the US in NASCAR, the guy had one lap to try and get 
higher up the grid and, and he just literally launched it around the side of the wall just bashing himself the whole th- it was amazing unbelievable I mean slight mockery of motorsport but yeah. bravo him and you know what made me laugh is he, he's on the borders of cheating or, ruin, or ruining his life at least and everyone all the NASCAR drivers they were all going mad yeah yeah, yeah yeah brilliant <laughs> that was well, amazing that's amazing <laughs> that's so NASCAR like I know, that's yeah. so NASCAR that is so pro yeah. but, uh, unbelievable okay well look let's come on to as I say our, our top of the day because we, we, you know we're, we're fast approaching the end of the year mate middle of november now we've got our big trip to la coming up which by the way just to touch on so firstly btg live might not be happening in america right we got screwed over by a couple of venues i'm not going to name names but that got a bit tricky and we're just running out of time now to be able to announce it so we're i think hoping to do at least a meet and greet like some kind of casual meet and greet but if we still can find a venue and do it then we will but obviously time's running out but we've got loads lined up it's going to be a hilarious week some of the cars i've arranged for you to drive are just <laughs> unbelievable we're going on track wait. yeah uh, uh we mm, yes potential okay flat out so hold on a sec you said huge crash there's genuinely so a track day on the saturday that we're there yeah and a company that I know I said, oh, you can borrow this car. It's a full-on Slicks and Wings race car. Perfect. Like full-on hands, device, everything. I just go right running outside of it. <laughs> I was texting my friend who's helping to organize some stuff and he's arranging this track day. And he said, it's at Willow Springs, iconic race track outside of um, LA. Loads of runoff, perfect. He said, arguably the final corner, if you're really quick, let's say in a center or something like that, you're 160, 170 miles an hour around there. I was like, well, Tony will be doing 195. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, I can't bear it. Anyway, so we've got lots of stuff planned and that, that'll be great. But before we know it, we're going to be coming towards the end of the year. So I thought we'd take this chance to look back on our years so far yeah. and talk about the the best cars we've driven this year or the cars that we've enjoyed driving the most this year because we're both spoiled. We've driven a lot of stuff and I'd actually forgotten a lot of the stuff I'd driven. Yeah, me too as well. I did actually, uh, you probably drove more Larry <laughs> stuff than I have, but potentially um, but the amount of stock you've had coming and going yeah I, i'd be more interested by some of the stuff you've driven a- actually yeah um uh so yeah so let's just launch into it. I, I bet I, i'm sure we've both got a ton of cars to go through i'll let you start what what's your first car that you think of as one of the best cars you've driven this well, year well when because you messaged me and asked me to think in advance think in advance which is rarely does that <laughs> well i didn't want to put you on the spot it was quite a tough one to put on the spot yeah but. and the first car that comes to my head was sf90 interesting yeah that was the first car that comes okay so why because it's like nothing else mate it's just it's so weird because they obviously it's it's basically supercar money and you even done it last week in the group chat that you said you'd rather a 296 over an sf90 but they're completely different cars like they're really uncomparable the the SF ninety is literally like nothing else on the road. It's, it's in a, what sense? In in in, I I can't speed obviously. Um, I can't put my put my finger. It doesn't drive like a normal Ferrari would, but you know it's still a Ferrari. Obviously, it's still got them characteristics. Front end is a, a little bit odd for a Ferrari. So I can't quite put my finger on it, but but it's special because it's like nothing else. It's properly far up. I think it's like the bargain of the century for what it can do. Why people don't buy them still, I do not know. And they're still a hundred grand on the list. It, it, it mind boggles me. Maybe they're just too fast. Maybe just people think they're just too fast. It's too much. Well, this is the thing, right? So 
I'll counter that argument with, for example, 296, which actually is the first car on my list, so we might as well launch into it. Um, because actually, interior-wise, they're very similar. Very similar. So when you sit in an SF90 or 296, it's hard to really tell the differences. And even the size of the SF90, it's a, it's a small car. It's a little car. It's not like a LaFerrari or an Enzo. And I know it's not, uh, it's not an F car. It's not a proper special car. Um, but I don't think climbing into it feels inherently special. No. Static, stationary, parked on the side of the road. I think you get into it, you go, like, okay, this is all like literally the same as 296 or even Roma in some elements. Now, plodding around at slow speeds when you're floating in the hybrid mode and blah, blah, blah. Again, very similar to the 296 experience. So when you start pushing on, of course, the SF90, not only four-wheel drive, but what, 200 horsepower more than 296 different powertrain like very different beasts at that point it does drive differently as well mate uh, well i'm certain it must do with with the way that it, it deploys its power but also yeah. with the four-wheel drive system like that's yeah. so unusual for a ferrari yeah and my, one of my favorite things for ferrari is the is the squirm the woo, 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 well, it still does that well yes but in a different way yeah, it's, it's it does, not yeah. it's not a traditional ferrari squirm i don't think no it's not um and therefore to really see how special that car is, as we did with Mille Emilia, following it around, you've got to be doing, and excuse the French, twat speeds. You know, you, you've really got to be cracking on. Yeah. Which, okay, look, we're realistic on this podcast, but fundamentally, you shouldn't be doing on public roads. Um, well, let's not pretend for two seconds that we are all absolutely uh, within the strictest restrictions of all public roads. But oh, you can do it in all supercars, mate. You break the speed limit yeah, in half a second. Three seconds. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, but but at the same time, it's, it's a lot. And my issue with SF90 is, obviously it was pre- positioned as baby laugh. Babe, junior hypercar. Like you just said, what a bargain. Oh my God, like that's unbelievable. But I'm like, when I'm in it or around it, I'm like... <sighs> I mean, is this an S? Is this a two nine six with four wheel drive and a lot more power? Like, yeah, it, it, I don't get this. I don't get, the, I don't get yeah. the special. I, that, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't equate to me. Like, I love yeah, the way fair. it looks. I love the way it looks, but it doesn't make me go like. I I would have the two nine six because I got rear wheel drive liveliness. Okay, the looks actually, I probably prefer the SF ninety looks, but you're saving the money. You've got it's no. I mean, the power is the same. I mean, eight hundred horsepower to go into a thousand. It's the same stupid crap. But you're getting all the benefits of the hybrid systems. So you're getting everything that's good about SF ninety. But they do drive completely different. They don't drive the same, mate. They drive the 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 two nine six doesn't squat down and piss off like yeah, the like SF nine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. what SF ninety does, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The SF, it's like it's a real. It's a, it, it, yeah, it's like a it's like a a, a loads loads faster turbo S because that's what a turbo S. I've said it before. A turbo S squats down and then sods off. The SF90 does that. The 296 doesn't do that. It, the 296 wag its tail a bit more. The the, the the SF90 does wag its tail, but it sorts itself out because it just does. Um, but then, it, but then, are you not in essentially in a in a Ferrari badge Tesla? If you're just talking about launching it in a straight line all the time, straight line speed, like it goes around corners as well, mate. No, but but do you think? Do you prefer the way it goes around corners to? Uh, an equivalent. I mean, for example, your favourite <laughs> Pista versus SF90. I don't like the front end on the SF90. Okay. I don't. I don't like it because, like I said to you at the start, 
it it's not normal Ferrari. You compare it to two nine six. You compare it to a Pista. It's not. It's not the same. It's not that direct. It hasn't got that same feel. It's a bit of a bit of a dead feeling in the front end. That would be my only criticism. But when you get over that, and you just drive it differently, when you get when you get over that, and you realise exactly what you're in and what it is, one, it's not comparable to a. You can see the price difference. If you drive them both back to back, you can see the level in price difference. And like I said earlier on the year, I, I honestly think it's like the bargain century. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I, it's it's a really weird one. I just can't I can't get behind it. As much as I love the way it looks, for me, it's one of the most unemotive modern Ferraris. Yeah, and a lot it of leaves people, me a bit cold. A lot of people would think the same because mm. they've all they've all voted with their feet and they've had them and they've they've come out of them for whatever reason. We never really know the reason why, but a lot of delivery mileage ones have come up. You know, they either don't use them or they think they're too much money or initially they thought they were going to, you know, they were half a million quid and they were going to be six or seven hundred grand. And now they're four hundred and they probably thought, well, I've just come out. But I think they will find their feet. Them cars. Yeah. I think you know when people more people drive them. I think maybe the biggest problem is they're just too fast. Yeah, I think maybe it's just too much. And, yeah. and, and it really reminds me of 720S, where it's too capable. And therefore, if a car is too good at too many things, sometimes it can leave you wanting. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if, it, if it covers such a broad... I mean, apart from um, interior space, uh, SF90... Oh, sorry, luggage space. SF90 has none. The rest of that, I mean, it does everything else fantastically, you know? Yeah. Slow speed, all of that stuff. Hybrid, all that, blah, blah, blah. But therefore, I'm a bit like, well, you know, on yeah. a day-to-day level, actually. Yeah. Which is, a, yeah. A, a, a 296 is definitely more than adequate, for sure. Like, if you want a supercar, it's more than more than adequate. But if you've had a 296 and you've had a Pista and you've had all of them, I mean, you've got to keep buying something. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you do. Yeah, um, yeah no, no. I say, good-looking car. Definitely good-looking car. And if you sent me a list of, like, here's a collection, do you want to come and film it? And you've got an SF90, it's always going to go, oh, cool. Like, you know what I mean? So, so it definitely holds some kind of presence. But, but yeah, just, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not with you. It, it was actually my, probably one of my disappointments okay, of the year. Hoping to make some content with an SF90 soon. Um, but, yeah, uh, anyway. Um, so, 296, I already mentioned. Love 296. I, w- I was going to lean towards GTS over GTB. Just because, why not? I mean, if you can put a roof down, like, why not? Like, it just, it just aids it. But because we just kind of talked about that in comparison to SF90, let me move on to an old car now, but a winner. 812 GTS. Yeah. I, I, so I had a couple of experiences, yeah. stock, stock cars and tuned cars, that Novatec exhaust GTS at the start of the year. Oh my God. And it's just, for me, that is Ferrari. You know, like the yeah, yeah. noise of that V12, it's elegant, it's super comfortable, it's quick enough on a twisted road. Is it a car that implores you to throw it around a mountain road? No, probably not. But it is more capable than you think, mate. Way more capable than like, you think. it can do that. Absolutely. Heck, yeah. I remember at the initial Superfast launch, Paul and I took it around track at uh, Fiorano, and it was, you know, it's it's definitely a capable <laughs> bit of kit. I know. Slowly. Yeah, slowly. <laughs> About 10 miles an hour. Paul, Especially Paul. Paul nearly binned it off into the the uh, wall at the on did the bri- on the bridge at Fiorano. Of course he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. <laughs> but no, no. So I, I, I just love that car. For me, that is way more Ferrari than SF ninety, and way more exhilarating. And screaming. And even though now it's a bit of an old and inverted commas, every time I've got in one, I'm like, this is just so good. This car. But that's that that that's where Ferrari have been, mate. That's old yeah, Ferrari. Fair, fair. SF ninety is where they're going. It it it's. New era. It's a new era. Yeah. And and when you look at a 296, 
that's completely different to a 488 or a 458 or uh, you know even even that 812 i mean that that old era of car that's gone now yeah we're yeah. on a new era now got to move on so yeah we've got to move on okay so what's next on your list sir um my app to be in there 992 GT3 PDK. Oh, <laughs> wait, what are you going to say next? RS 992 GT3, the one that you drove on the trip with the lads. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just so good. Because you just can't, you just, for the money, yeah. you just cannot get a better sports car. Full stop. Yeah. It's, just, it's just, it's just mega. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's just what you expect from a Porsche GT car. Yeah, uh, oh, I didn't even ask. It's the touring you've got in PDK or manual? PDK. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Because, you know, clever of Porsche to offer both wing and touring car with PDK or manual. Yeah. And there's obviously like this whole debate, and I've gone about it for hours and ages, and there's almost like a sort of social media pressure for some people to like save the manuals real drivers get manuals like it comes down to what just what what you prefer absolutely yeah. and obviously you definitely prefer pdk yeah uh, and i prefer manual but it's better yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just better but interesting that you loved that pdk experience so much or just that gt3 experience so much because i sort of thought well i think up until that point you'd been a bit hesitant you was like it'll just be a slightly better gt3 like you weren't that excited, I don't think, about getting behind the wheel of a 992. No, it's just a proper car, mate. It's like it's like all the other 911 GT3 cars, GT3 RSs. They do what they say they're going to say on the tin. And actually, and I've said we've said this before, that going forward, I think that 992 will be a better car, 100% for the road, than the new RS that's coming. Yeah, oh my to God. To use as well, because that new RS is just going to be stupid. 
Interesting there that you've, you're, you've got the GT3 in there on your list, but then you're finding the touring a little bit, leaving you a bit cold. I know, mate. And, and, and yes, I know. But maybe maybe it's because it was a wing. Maybe it's because I was in Spain and I was driving it flat out and lovely roads. And, you know, like I said, maybe I need to give this this a bit of a chance. And I have said before as well that as much as I like the Roma, if I had to choose between that and a Turbo S, I'd probably have a Turbo S. Yeah. But now, when I've been given the opportunity to come here in a Touring or a Roma, I've come in the, in Roma. the Roma. So that's contradictory yeah. as well. You're a mess. I'm a huge <laughs> mess. Like you said at the beginning, you're just living life outside your own body. That's yeah, why I you don't got a clue what you're doing. Yeah. It's just, I, mean, I know exactly what I'm doing, but it's all I'm all over the place. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We've all known that for ages. Yeah. So you spoke of obviously driving the car in Spain. So I've got this bit of a dilemma on myself now with my car arriving. Now it's been delayed and it's looking like December is where I go for like my first drive video. Cause initially I did want to go down to Spain or Portugal or something like that. But for reasons that will become clear later, I can't really travel internationally from kind of early to mid December. I've got too many projects going on, too much stuff happening back to back, which just means that I just don't have the window to, to do international. I could probably get away with, like a like a day and a half to Wales or maybe Scotland. And then I'm like, in December, it's going to be pissing with rain. Oh, man. Freezing cold. Freezing cold. So I'm like, I'm in this real, like, I don't, I don't know what to do because I want this epic first drive experience and video. And Spain and Portugal are still calling. I think Joe Achilles is down in Portugal at the moment with the P, uh, Porsche UK touring uh, and uploaded some great photos. And I was like, oh my God, like that's what I should or need to be doing. I just, I just, don't have the window and so I'm like freaking out like well then do I just wait do I do the collection video and then just wait until I've got the time which will be February the earliest. just cancel the car yeah <laughs> I can't do the first drive so I cancel it I mean I'm selling it straight afterwards anyway so. <laughs> don't worry Russell's gonna be Russell who works at Porsche Guildford who's the legend who's been helping me with my You're car flapping. yeah we'll be sending me texting I hope you're joking oh, yeah. <laughs> um, when you see the spec of it you, yeah. won't, you won't be selling it that's for sure I'm to want it <laughs> um, so yeah I'm just like I'm really like I'm sort of slightly flapping about like what do I do for my first I, I, I know it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be a Wales I think most realistically and just fingers that's crossed it's yeah, I mean, if fingers crossed, it's just not awful weather. we semi-slicks in the wet. I mean, that... That's... I'm putting the P-Zeros on, though. Oh, I'm definitely doing that, like, straight away, putting the P-Zeros on. It won't drive the same, mate. It, it, in a good way. I mean, like, that's why, that's why I'm putting the P-Zeros on. Well, I mean, what, what have you got it for, then? Why don't you just buy GTS? Mate, now you're going too far. No, because... Tyres like... make a difference. They don't change the engine, chassis, suspension. Change the car, so mate. They... To make it make it completely different car character. No, come on, you're now what, being extreme. No, it's you're what, being extreme. What holds the car to the road? Yes, right. But, but my my GT3 wing versus GT3 touring experience. The minute I got in the touring, which had the P zeros on, I went. This is the car that I fell in love with. This is the car that I want. Oh my god, I adore it. It just makes firstly the tram lining less. Because sure that 992 does do tram lining. You sure it had P0s on it? Yep. P0 courses. Right. P0 courses. Right, but that's still a semi-slick tyre. Yeah, yeah, P0 courses. Sorry, I should have added the course a bit. Fine. Oh, because P0s are a normal... Yeah, yeah, of course. Which are on the turbo. You can get the turbo tyres, which is what um, Spike at Spike's Car Radio has done. So you, you could put the turbo tyres on, which I for the winter I'd be tempted to. But sorry, I meant P0 courses. 
is what I meant. Well, that's what you've got on your car, not Michelin's. So it obviously gets delivered with Cup 2s, but I don't want to get rid of them. Because you get the tram lining is insane on a 992 front end. It is insane. The front end is too twitchy. And the ride is just harder because it has that harder so so, sidewall. You do realise that a P0 Corsa is the equivalent to a Cup 2 tyre. Yes, but it's got a softer sidewall, which makes it easier to warm up and softer and more compliant on a UK road. Yeah, but it's not a huge difference. I mean, there might be a tiny difference. But <laughs> you just said, oh my God, transform the road, transform the car. It, it is enough of a difference that when I drove them back to back, it did change the way the car behaved on UK roads. Oh, you're going to ruin it. I'm, oh. You're going to absolutely Firstly, firstly they are certified by Porsche for use on the GT3. So N-rated tyres, you mean? Yes. So they are 100% absolutely fine. Secondly, I have driven a car with these tyres and there are a thousand forums and a thousand GT3 owners who have made the same change and say it's better. And you listen to forums, do you? Yes, they're owners of the cars, not you, who's driven it once in Spain and thought it was amazing. I'm not going to track well, this car. Everyone thinks it's amazing. I'm barely going to track this car. I might, I'll take it like once, maybe twice, because it's a GT3. I'm going to be using this car for adventures on the road through Europe and around the world. I want it to be a fantastic road car. In it my is a mind, fantastic road in car. my mind, from experience and from speaking to previous owners who've done the thing, switching to the P0s makes it a better road car. Right. Oh, you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> you're so wrong. Right, you're yeah. so wrong. Right, well, you're, you're so naive. Saying, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get into. You're going to get into January and go. Oh, I'm going to put them tires. No, no, because I, 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 no, I, I, everything I've got uses Pirellis. I love Pirellis. I know a lot of people say, oh, Michelin can be better, but I, I'm very happy with the Pirelli Michelin tire. I'm sure. I'm sure in certain situations they <laughs> it's are. All they sponsor it's all, this show. They're it's, better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also about feel. It's not always about actual performance. It depends what situations you're using Why the tires you bought a gt car mate for the engine for the engine because the world's going away and i want an engine that revs to 9000 rpm is naturally aspirated and but feels if you fantastic wanted it for an engine why didn't you get a why did you get the previous gen one with the proper filters on it i mean this one's sounds terrible are you mad it sounds amazing it doesn't it's sound one of the anywhere near. best sounding opf filtered cars in the world now oh yeah but you can get a pre one which sounds even better yeah, but the money makes no difference, mate. I mean, like, like the, the money for an old one is the same as the money I'm paying for a new one. Why yeah, would you get the pay, new one? You're, you're paying list. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. Mate, I'll if you're just your buying it for the noise... I'm not buying it for the noise. I'm buying That's it for what the... what you just said. No, the engine. The engine. Everything That's goes the noise. With it. No, it's, it's also the <laughs> performance, power delivery. It's everything. The engine's everything. But also the Clear. feeling, the suspension, the road setup, what it is... I'm not buying it just to... Oh, I've got to set a lap record around Brands Hatch. I'm going to lunge all my mates. I'm buying it for the anyway. on-the-road driving experience. Right. I, I, I think you're going to sell that car in three weeks, mate. I don't think that car's for you. I think, I, I think you're just going to end up buying a Carrera T. Because that's that, do you? That's I good would enough. love a Carrera T. Yeah, I'm that's, honest, a, I would love that's a wasted on you. I but mean, it's got the wrong engine. I don't, I don't love that turbo engine. <sighs> Disaster. Every time I've driven a GT3, I've absolutely adored it and loved it. And I'm so excited for mine. And we know that we disagree on how Everything. we drive, yeah. <laughs> how we drive cars, especially GT3s. And you can have your roll cage. Oh, I'm giving away quite a lot now. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> oh, I'm just giving you guys a bit of an exclusive. But anyway, uh, hopefully none of you picked up on it. I'm going to oh, stop yeah. talking about it. So my next shout, I have to include it, Chiron Supersport. 
Okay. Because, you know, I mean, firstly... I can't argue with Yeah, it. I mean, what a moment. What a freaking cool thing. And it's still my pinnacle. And actually, you know, I was so pleased with the experience because it, it just it was everything I wanted it to be and more. I would still love Bugatti, if you're listening. I would still love to spend some proper time in a Chiron. Obviously, and me. But they're basically gone now, right? Like, it's not, it's not a thing oh. anymore. It's going to be replaced with their new hybrid and their EV and all that kind of crap. Just let me do like a, a what's called a send-off piece. What's it called? A piece de la resistance? No. no you know what I'm no. saying? There's the yeah. jet lag. Anyway, I want to do a send-off piece, an emotional send-off to the Chiron, to that incredible engine, and do like a road trip in a Chiron. Mm. Come on, guys. I mean, they don't, they don't have press cars. That's a problem. Of course they don't. Hey, what about listeners? Any of you out there got a Chiron that you're willing to let... No, let's not involve Tony. Willing yeah, to let no, me... Take on an epic three-day road trip somewhere in Europe or the US. Actually, anywhere in the world. I will fly to the Chiron. You shouldn't be involved because people won't do it if you're How involved. How much are they? The Chirons. Two, two million. Two, quid. three mil, yeah. It's all right, isn't it? I'll speak to my insurance. Um, speak to your daddy. Did you buy you one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get involved in that. <laughs> Have you come around to the Chiron a bit more? No, mate. It's an incredible bit of kit. I mean, I don't... Uh, it, it, it just... Them hypercar things that just don't really appeal to me. I only like stuff that I can use. And, and actually, as the years have gone by... Can't use an SF90. Well, you can. <laughs> as, as the years have gone by, like, I've become less and less interesting in cars in general. Like, I've been exposed to them forever. I've always liked them as a kid. Yeah, I am a petrol head and I still like certain cars. And it's why I always go in on old cars, because I just do not have the tolerance. And even modern cars now, I'm starting to get the ump with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in just, general, you're a grumpy guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know. A you, lot, there's a lot that's got to please me, you know, like... And I think um, over the years, especially on this podcast, it, it, you like less. It's hard to get much positivity out of you. Yeah, but that's the spoiled part, mate. Without sounding big-headed, I've had all the cars I've ever wanted. Everything I've ever wanted, I've, I've managed to own. So you become less happy, like... like uh, Come blasé. Know, become loads more blasé. Like, wh when I picked the touring up the other day, a friend of mine messaged me, and he was, like, desperate to come. And, and he's like, oh, I bet you love it. And, like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm not interested. Uh, that's a shame. It uh, is a real shame. I really hope la will help reinvigorate some of your car passion because with me i'm definitely blasé to certain cars but i feel i get more excited and passionate as the years go on as in like i get more excited by by niche cars don't like don't get me wrong like if a hurricane's outside i just go oh there's a hurricane like and when i was staying at the peninsula in paris there were two chirons outside and i literally went oh cool two chirons not interested well yeah. like five years ago i would have freaked out and took a thousand photos yeah, so like yeah, chased it down the road but i'm still like i still get a bit of a buzz and and somebody put on uh, i did an instagram q and a the other day and someone said what's been the car you've been most excited to film or drive recently? And I was going back through my Instagram to kind of remind myself. And I was like, to be fair, every single one, like even that EQS AMG, I was super buzzed and excited to like get in it and experience it. Yeah. So we're different that. And I think, I hope the California car culture will impress you and the cars as I said, I got lined up, which you will not have experienced before might get you might get you buzzed well the again. american cars are just piles of shit so i'm not going to be very <laughs> oh, nice no. about them oh, no. like, that, that is a, i mean they're definitely not going to impress me because they're worse than european cars i know because i can't remember how many mustangs i've sold and i'd rather walk but you know there are better american cars than a mustang oh absolutely but yeah. but you know for this i mean i'm <laughs> in, in general the european equivalent is better than the american version of the 
of the European equivalent. Sure. And sometimes I poo. Another thing is, mate, I know you get a little bit more excited than me, but I am 10 years ahead of you. So, sure, sure, fair uh, enough. You know, my, my, my saturation of being around all these cars for 40 years, it does just wear off a little bit. Listen, there are still certain stuff that excite me. Um, I've got got a real thing for Black Series at the moment for AMG Black Series, and I'd love one of them. And and I think that there's certain cars that really would really still suit me. I'm really excited for the two nine six, cool, because I want to take it on a trip. Sure, and, uh, uh, you know there are still certain cars that excite me, and there are some. It's really rare, but there are some older stuff that pagodas does excite me as yeah. well. You know, like the, the, the CLK sixty three Blacks, Enzo, Enzo. So there's just not many, mate. It's sure. I've changed. <laughs> so um, sorry. Okay, so then what's next on your list? Because we're, we're trying to stay positive. We've done the GT3. We've done the SF90. What else have you got that you love well, this Well, this, this, this is imminently going to be a pile of poo. Oh, no. In, uh, just remember positivity. But positivity. as we speak right now... It's one of the best SUVs I've ever driven, the new oh. Range Rover. Oh, yes. Okay. So I had Range Rover Sport, so let's combine them. Yeah. Because I, I had the experience of driving them back to back. So new Range Rover. Do you remember which one you... Uh, it was the P440 or the 400 or whatever it okay. was. Yeah. Okay. And you loved it. Loved it. Because it is just a better Range Rover, right? Did you find it revolutionary? As in, did you not just find it an updated Range Rover? It... It was just an update. It did drive better, but fundamentally is still a Range Rover, and I've said that before. But the, 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 like, like I've also said before, there is a really nice, warm feeling that goes down your back when you're in a Range Rover. In when you gym, step inside. When you step inside, and that new one is just lovely. It really is a lovely place to sit, and you can waft around in it, and you know it makes you feel a little bit more special about yourself in general so i don't think people are going to say that in two years time why not well because they're going to break aren't they people are going to get the ump and and i hope not no i hope not as well but but it's just what happens unfortunately are you hearing about issues yet because with defender it was from day one that issues you're hearing issues already yep Electrical issues with the Range Rover? Uh, yeah, just... Just electrical stuff. Screens turning off and warnings. And, yeah. So I, and I always have, I lean towards the sport. I actually don't love the looks of the new sport. I think it's very spec-dependent. Weirdly, I think sort of mafiosi, um, black on black on black, new Range Rover sports look great. Stealth car. Stealth car. Like like the, the colours, I think that back is just, there's just too much metal going on too much going on yeah. too much going on the new range of though i also don't like the back i don't like those those um lights i, I i'm not i think the of. new the big range driver actually looks better than the sport yeah i think you're probably right yeah. but as a driving experience i drove hybrid variants of both and i loved that range of sport hybrid i thought it was unbelievable and yeah. gave you the same same special feeling the same you know but also like just usable do you mean like it's, it's not like a urus or um uh, help me out a dbx or a color like, doesn't need to be it, it's just fantastic yeah. in a way that you just go right that's it car's great it yeah. will just do everything i need to do it doesn't it's not um high horses you you just it's a range rover yeah uh, and that's where they they get the they hit the nail on the head so so well uh and i think if i was 
a richer man, I'd I'd have a Range Rover Sport Hybrid coming. Uh, uh, but they they are a lot of money. And I've I'm, been offered a few of them. Oh, have you? you? Cannot believe there was there was a, I think it was last week or the week before I was offered four or five in a week. Wow. Wow, they've got a big problem with it, don't they, Land Rover? They, I think they're following the Porsche model, trying to oh, trying, get customers yeah. to agree not to sell them on, um, which that's is I mean, six months. That's yeah. tough to sell, tough to tough to achieve. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's too much money for me right now. But I just think they're fantastic for me. Big Range Rovers is a bit too big, so don't love the back. I just don't need all that space and that size, especially in in London. Um, but the sport's great. But but they've done a great job. Yeah, they've done a good job. You know, because they they've just made it better and made you sort of want one yeah. again. And look past the issues. Okay, so from wafty, great, comfortable SUVs, I'll flip it to the other end of the spectrum. And, and these are two cars I want to talk about in the same breath. Huracan STO and Vantage F1 Edition. Because I drove these basically within a week or 10 days of each other. Well, they're not the same at all. No, no, but, but, you've got Huracan STO, which I adored, but we said at the time, and I still remember, it's the most pointless car in the, ever. But, but yeah, fa yeah. fantastic because of it, and just stupid, and... Just brilliant, and would all the a, Would you have a black series over an STO? Oh, uh, I would have an STO because it's more flair and flamboyant, and I like that the, because of the noise, because of the drama. I'm not a Lambo guy, but it's pure theatre. Black series, I think, is an unbelievable car. But for me, it's Black Series Two RS, yeah, it is, or yeah. Evo, and what else is in that? Maybe Evo's out on itself. But I would I would compare the two RS to the Black Series, which is amazing for the two RS. Evo's four eight eight or two nine six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's just it's just got more more emotion. It's just got more emotion. Those other two are very focused and very dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too much about being silly. It's just but about so is an STO. STO is feels sillier though. Yeah. It feels sillier. Um But that's what they do that STO, that's what it competes with the Black Series. Of course, and of the, course. But I say amazing for the two RS because when did that car come out? Twenty eighteen. Eighteen. Still, I, I would still put it's it still in up that. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, STL love Vantage F one. Okay, it's not in the same breadth at all, but it's obviously of a similar ilk of like a hardcore version of thing. But I reason I include it is a car that surprised me. That's why I'm including it because I've moved on from Vantage. I loved it in twenty. 17, 2018 when it launched. I thought, what a great big kit. But then everyone who's owned them said that after three weeks you get bored and it's just a C63 and they fall apart. They fall apart and, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was just a bit like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So when the Vantage F1 came, I went, what's the point of this? It's got a wing and whatever. I loved that car. Yeah, and I loved it more than the V12 Vantage. Right. I genuinely, if I had a pick of the Vantage lineup, and actually if I was a big money man, I'd get a Vantage F1. I thought it was a properly cool car and thrashing it from Silverstone at the end of the Grand Prix back home Twisty roads the whole way, avoiding the motorway. Loved it. One of the best drives I've had all year. Yeah. Sun was setting. Gorgeous, gorgeous car. Yeah. Well, uh, the next car I'm going to pick as well surprised me. Oh, good. And okay, it, perfect and it, segue. And it's a, it's, a, it's a load cheaper than what we've been talking about over Great. the last that helps. 45 minutes. It's the, the new BMW 240i. Oh, interesting. I was really surprised. It's a proper grown-up, proper bit of kit now, that car. I was talking to Paul Wallace about it the other day, and I said, mate, I would hands down 110% have one of these over a Golf R or, wow, okay. or, or the S3. Because that's interesting, because when you had the M140i, uh, whenever that came out, the hatchback. 135. Sorry, it was at the 135. 
I liked the look of it and I liked the idea of it. I kept saying to you, like, and you were like, it's fine, mate, it's just a BMW. Like, you were pretty under... It's a bit like the new S3 and the A35s. They're all the same. They're a bit... But because it's got a six-cylinder and it's a coupe mm. and it, the, the 240 has got a bit more character. Have you still got one in stock? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I come film it next week? Of course week? you can, yeah. Yeah? It's Maybe a, I'll come film it next week. That'll be good. It's a, it's a real... Like, it, it really surprised me. Like, mm. it's a... It, I mean, they are a few quid, unfortunately, but everything's a few quid now. But I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Got all the nice BMW yeah. stuff in yeah. it. Head-up display. And, you know, it's... Real grown-up car. Do we think we could get to a point where, obviously, behind the glass live, 2023, it's going to be 240i owners, not M2 owners? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because the new M2 is going to be 70 grand. Well, that's so, exactly it. Yeah. Maybe the 240i is going to be the steal of the bunch. I think it, because actually, you know, you talk about 296 and SF90, that 240i is all the car you could ever want, mate. And actually, I know the M2 will be better, of course, but... At 70 grand. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Cayman GTSs were 70 grand. Yeah. Uh, insane. It's it's all the money. Yeah. I mean, BMW in general, just everything is so expensive. Yeah. Do we know M3 touring prices yet? I don't think we do, do we? No. I mean, that's all the money. That's going to be next year. There'll be 100 grand. And Easy. That, and actually, the M3 would have been in my list, but I drove it last year. I didn't drive it this year because that's Fair. a very good car as well. Um... And actually, before we wrap up, there is a car that we both drove. Have you got any more now? Uh, I was going to chuck in the A911, the base bog standard 992. Fair but enough. We've spoken about it so many times before, and we've spoken about GT3s, it feels silly to bang on about it. I think my point was that probably the 992 generation Porsche is a fantastic car. I understand why so many people buy them in the sense where it is more Bentley than any other 911. It's less 911 than any 911. But it's great because of that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean you've changed your tune. I've changed I my tune when massively. They come out, you said they were terrible, and you well, didn't no, like I, them. And now I didn't say I never said they were terrible. What I said was that they're too Bentley. They're they're no longer a sports car; it's a GT car. And and I think you know I I always struggle with change. Long term views of the channel. Car. I think it is still a sports car, mate. It's still it's still the best sports car than nine eleven, in my opinion. Potentially, I think now it's more usable, more comfortable, more accessible, more everything in yeah. its base spec yeah. than ever before. Yeah, I think it was compromised previously in yeah. other generations, where now it really is the everyman sports car for every day. I agree, but so is everything. The two forty I just mentioned, it's better than the old one. The new Range Rover is better sure. than the old one. Sure, the new Bentley is better than the old one. You know, everything gets better. It always gets better, and. 911 uh, is an ingredient that they've just made same as a golf. You know, they've just made it better every year for 40 or 50 years. So I was intrigued by what you were about to say, though, because I say we banged on about 911s for a lot of this podcast. So go on, what were you about to say? We- so there's there's a car that I know we've both driven and it's not been mentioned. The Cayman 4RS. Oh, RS. Oh, well, I, I purposefully didn't mention it. Me too. It's... Definitely not for not me. Not interested. Not interested. Yeah, I agree. So weird that, isn't it? Yeah. I just, it just, it just doesn't, it just left me a bit like, cool. Like, I get it. I appreciate it. Just not for me. I, and I remember as well when you said to me, mate, just, uh, you know, let us know what you think. And, and that's a car for me, that car. One million percent. That, that is absolutely. And I remember when they announced that, I was jumping up and down. Oh, I really want one. But the problem is, is that, there's another car that Porsche makes, which is definitely better, and that's the GT3. Yeah. It, it, it's better. 
and on the used market, it's cheaper. Which is ridiculous. Which is right? ridiculous. The 4S just felt too specific for me, like too, too much of a toy for one reason. It, a car for a multi-car garage. You know, I, I don't see... 4RS owners just having a 4RS, no. you know. Um, I think they've got multiple cars and it's a toy for the right road or the right track day. And and therefore I get it. Like, sure, like, fine. No problem. No problem. Yeah. But, but it surprised me that you were underwhelmed by it and, yeah. and haven't sort of, you know... I think it's, it's, it's a Cayman. It's yeah. really hard to look past the fact it's a Cayman, as great as it could be. And I made the point in the main channel video... It's just the same of any of these ilks. Hurricane versus Aventador, um, Roma versus A12. Like, you know, there's always a... And no matter how special that baby variant is, it's never going to be the big daddy. No. Which is weird, but... Um, really strange. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I did actually think of it, but I was like, I'm not going to include it because I, I didn't... Me too, yeah. Didn't fall in love with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. I, th I You know... We, we have driven some good cars this year. Yeah. And cars that we like. So there you are, old pessimistic Paul, um, you know, slagging everything off every week. But actually, when you stop and think about it, there have been a lot of cars that you have liked and a lot of good cars, a lot of positivity. Well, there's half a dozen, mate, out of hundreds that I've driven. Yeah. So it's really... I was trying to spin it, you know, <laughs> trying to make it a good news story. But you can just keep slagging things off if you want. Uh, anyway, so yes, as discussed, we are off to LA very soon. We've got one more episode before we go. Then I think it's going to be maybe a month's worth of special LA episodes. We've got people coming on. We've got interviews with special guests. Uh, we've got some specific US specials. We're going to be doing recordings there. And there. I mean, it's going to be a lot. So get ready for that. Uh, Behind the Glass takes on America, um, which we're super excited about. So subscribe and turn on notifications. We do have quite a big announcement coming up. I don't think it's going to be, it might be around the time of the LA series. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It's essentially going to mean more content, more premium content for you guys. It's, yeah. we're excited about it. It's, it's a, it's going to be a good way to help push this whole podcast forward. So stay tuned for that. That's, we're just going to tease it for now. Um, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood car sales on most social media platforms. I'm at seen through glass on most social media platforms. And yes, we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye bye. See ya. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.